Jesus Dietrich and Me is a Family of God Lutheran Church podcast, and we are excited to bring you episode 7 today as we continue to look at Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his book, The Cost of Discipleship. Today we will be looking at his idea of discipleship and the cross, and what does that look like to suffer as Christ suffered. So we hope that you enjoy today's episode, episode 7. Can't believe that we are already in episode 7 as we look at uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in this quote when he says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. We hope you enjoy. Well, welcome back to yet another episode of Jesus, Dietrich, and Me. Uh, my name is Pastor Tyler Cronkright, and once again, across from me is Pastor Jim Hill. We mentioned this uh, last episode. Uh, Pastor Hill is a you know, he's my, you said he's my cross? Is that what you said? I was wondering if you were <laughs> a cross from me. Given what a cross, yes, that's funny. Uh, you'll get that when we start talking about crosses today, excuse me. And uh, just very excited to continue this discussion today as we as we look at another chapter. We're conti- again looking at this. This podcast has really kind of turned into uh, a meditation and a discussion, and you know, really kind of a deep dive into Bonhoeffer's book, a, "The Cost of Discipleship." And uh, we're going to be looking at chapter four today, and that's entitled "Discipleship and the Cross." And it's in this chapter where we see arguably one of Bonhoeffer's most famous quotes. Um, and that is, well, well, we'll get to it, but just so you can guys can be kind of thinking about it. But Bonhoeffer says this in about the middle of this chapter. He says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. So we're going to be talking about that. What does that look like? What are what are the crosses that, that, we, that we bear in our lives? How does that look like for us as... As Christians, how does that look like for for us as we minister? How's look? How does that look for us in in day to day life? So, I think I, I speak for both of us, and I say, you know, it, it is truly an honor to be able to to be able to bring this to you every week, um, and we're hoping that that this is going to hopefully make you think a little bit more about, you know, Lutherans are always talking about the you know the tension between law and gospel. I think this is certainly uh, very much law, which then, of course, leads to the gospel. So I'm actually going to turn this over to Pastor Jim. Um, this is really in his wheelhouse. Uh, so I'm very excited to hear kind of what he has to say about this this topic as we as we dive into uh, discipleship in the cross. So I thought I'd start with um, what is and is not a cross um, for a Christian. Uh, very often as I've visited Christians at home, usually elderly Christians, they'll tell me they're bearing their cross. And if you ask them what it is, most often I would hear arthritis, or I suffered cancer, or I have a rebellious teenage son. That was my mom. I have, uh, not your mom, I have an addicted kid, or addicted husband, or, um, and what I want to start with is to tell you that is not the cross that Christians bear. And the test for that is quite simply, um, do non-believers get cancer? Yes. Do they have arthritis? Yes. Uh, rebellious teenagers? <laughs> I'm, sure the, I'm sure they do. <laughs> Addicted husbands or children? Absolutely. So there is nothing exclusive to that kind of suffering. Uh, it's the suffering that comes from being in the fallen world, the suffering that comes from our own choices, and the suffering that comes from other people's choices. So when Luther's talking, and Bonhoeffer also, is talking about suffering, um, and I know this is not Book of Concord, but actually he did say it, Luther said this, suffering is a mark of mm-hmm. the church. And we hear that in the seminary and in pastoral cir- circles with a three-word Latin phrase that Tyler will tell you. Yeah, we hear uh, tentatio, meditatio, and oratio, which are all Latin for essentially, um, what is that, or for prayer, for meditation, and for... Suffering. Suffering, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to focus on tentatio, the the suffering um, that is part of the call of 
Christ. So in Luke, he says to uh, to his disciples, "If any man, how's the rest of that go? If any man should follow me, would would follow, follow would follow me. Sorry, if any, maybe that's the message. Uh, <laughs> if any man would follow me, should take up his cross daily. Yeah, follow. follow. And the idea is, it's expressed as it's an offer. So." offer that we can refuse you can refuse <laughs> but I think what you're gonna hear from Bonhoeffer is that if you refuse it then you're refusing the call to discipleship and if you're refusing the call to discipleship you're refusing to follow Christ and as we've been talking about we've been talking about uh, uh, single-minded obedience to Christ and so I, I would think that Bonhoeffer says and he does say that it's not possible to separate cross-suffering, the Christ-suffering, from uh, faith and following Christ. And sometimes we like to think of um, this kind of suffering as something that happens occasionally or maybe in third world countries or later in life. But what Bonhoeffer is saying to us is it's from the beginning. And maybe he's echoing Luther. I hope you're going to respond to this time. It's you get your cross when you're baptized, mm-hmm. and I don't remember if he, if it's if it's Luther. I think it is Luther that talks about in your baptism. I know I know I've heard it from uh, President Meyer before. In your baptism, you good, get good, good, good. Yeah, but, to yeah, they're <laughs> That's that's right. Um, so maybe maybe he'll be proud of me. Um, but anyway, I remember because I remember this was at a at an all pastors conference that we went to, and he was talking about in our baptisms. You know, we we receive a, you know a target on our back. And I remember you telling me when when I first agreed to come on here and uh, start doing ministry, and then you know when when it came to be that I was going to be going to seminary, you know you you said that I had a target on my back the size of a trash can lid, and um, you know and so like for us for he doesn't miss very often, does he? No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, it's no, and he doesn't. But yeah. it's kind of like yeah, in your baptism you get a target, you get a target put on your back, and um, you know, and that's that is essentially signaling. You know, you know. It's, it's think about the uh, what is what do they call that with the uh, with the bulls and the matadors? I don't know red what. Cape. Yeah, with when you got the red cape, it's kind of like that. I mean, you are it is bright red, and the the enemy is going. All right, there is another person for me to target. And I mean, and honestly, the the logic behind that is is very very simple. Actually, I mean. You know, we, we talk about you know being being and doing ministry and being a Christian and quote unquote playing for Team Jesus. Uh, you know, in your baptism, you are you're plucked from that. You are taken from from the 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 kingdom of darkness and you're transferred into the kingdom of righteousness with with Christ upon your conversion when you receive when you receive faith when you believe and all that stuff. You know, and so that's going to really make Satan mad, mm-hmm. and he's going to w- try to do everything in his power to get you to come back. You know, just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we're exempt from all this. You know, it's not—it's not the people that aren't Christians that that are going to be attacked by Satan because Satan's already got them right where he wants them, and it's us—it's Christians that he's trying to get back onto his side. I might argue with you about that, but oh, argue! Let's do it. That's I would say he's trying to stop us because he stop can't get okay. us back. Yeah. Nothing can separate us from the love of, of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So he can't get us back unless we come of our own right, free will. Exactly. That's um, kind of where I was going with that. But uh, he's doing damage control. Mm-hmm. Right. So he begins this chapter talking about Jesus and suffering, but suffering wasn't enough. He had to be rejected. Um, Isaiah 53, right? Despised and rejected by men. Mm-hmm. Um, if he had only suffered, you can suffer heroically. But if you're suffering and everybody around you is despising you, mocking you, sounds like a gospel story, right? right. <laughs> Spitting on you, uh, saying things like, uh, if you are the Son of God, come down off that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll believe um, he died uh, for us, but he died in shame. And the shame was more than just lack of clothing. The shame was 
the rejection of the pe very people who came to save. Yeah, the, the mocking and the, I mean, treating him like uh, like absolute garbage. And um, I, when you when you say you know dying with honor, I think of you know our brothers and sisters who are who are fighting for our freedoms overseas. And you know when when one of them goes down in battle, I mean, there's that's a big deal back home. That's a big deal, you know, in in America where we we honor the the fallen troops and you know giving paying homage to them because they died with dignity they died doing you know serving their country and they they died with you purpose. know with purpose right yeah. and you know it, it's not like you know we're it's that we are not you know as they die we're not as americans we're not spitting on them we're not telling them how shameful it is we're not telling them that what they're doing is stupid well i guess maybe some people are but um you know that's there's Yes, to suffer is one thing, but then to suffer and be rejected is another, and that's that's what Bonhoeffer is getting at. Honor. Mm -hmm. so well, then he also says that it must be passion. The passion it must there must be a passion without honor yeah. when he's talking about Christ's passion for us. It had to be this way. It had to be that he was rejected. So on that uh, Good Friday, when Jesus is uh, coming up to saying it is finished. Was there anybody in planet Earth on the on planet Earth who realized what he was doing? I think not. No, I don't think so either. Even the faithful Mary, Mary and Mary and John at the foot of the cross, they didn't know. Uh, they had been told, but they didn't know. Right. Um, what the purpose of this awful death was. I think what uh, the chapter is revolving around is this idea of not only are we as Christians called to suffer, we're also called to suffer rejection. Um, and when you become a Christian, uh, well, Jesus says himself, you know, your own enemies will be the members of your household. Hmm. Uh, and uh, brother against sister and father, you know, the whole, the whole litany that he gives um, is a very real thing in most of this world, um, and maybe more and more in America, but there's many places where if one comes to Christ, you are no longer part of the family, uh, you are dead to me. That mm -hmm. used to be the line that a Jewish father would use when, a, when his son became a Christian or his daughter became a Christian. Uh, if some parts of the Muslim world, I'm treading on different dangerous ground here though it would be an honor killing to uh, rid the family of the disgrace of a child that had rejected Islam and become Christian uh, so it's a very real uh, thing even today that uh, rejection and suffering are part of becoming Christ followers and we don't want to hear that. Bonhoeffer says we don't want to hear that. We, the church, doesn't want to hear that we are a church called to suffer and a church called to uh, be rejected. We don't want to be rejected. We want the church to be accepted right. and, and honored by society. And uh, in the face of Jesus who says if the world hates you, remember what? That it hated me first. first right. And so it's almost like, um, again, Luther is saying that uh, suffering is a mark of the church. Uh, rejection also should be considered a mark of the church. I know we say the mark of the church is what, right? And the marks of the church yeah. are the, is word and sacrament. Word and sacrament. Yeah. Not just word and sacrament, but word what? Proper distinction Pro of proper law and, of law and gospel right. and, all that, and, and <coughs> all that that goes with it. Proper conduct of, of the sacraments which would include understanding of the sacraments. But beyond that, uh, maybe in a different, from a different perspective, suffering and rejection uh, are also the mark of the true church. So in Timothy, Paul's letter to Timothy, he writes that if you are a Christian or just desiring to live, that's, the word, that's a distinction too, if you just try to live a godly life, Tempt. you will be, you will suffer. Like you can expect to do that. Yeah, that's not good news, is it? No, I, I thought you were going to talk about Peter because that was on the back of my mind uh, where he talks about suffering and he talks about suffering as a Christian 
as opposed to suffering as a person. There's no honor in suffering that the suffering is brought about, brought about by your own sinful nature. Right. Um, the honor comes because you are suffering for the sake of Christ. Um, I know we've been focused on this, the cost of discipleship, but just as an aside, part of what we're talking about is echoed in another book of his, which is Life Together. And where we're headed is going to point towards that. I don't think we're talking about it today, but life together means life together as Christians. And as we'll see in a minute, life together as Christians calls for us, Bonhoeffer says, to be sin bearers, to be forgiving uh, and taking on the role of Christ. Um, Those are some things that are very difficult to do, especially in very trying circumstances. The thing I think uh, that Bonhoeffer is saying here, and I'll let you react to this, Christ is Christ only in virtue of, because of, his suffering and rejection. Remember, Christ is a title. Right. And Jesus it's, not is a Jesus, name. it's not Jesus' last so name. So he's only the Messiah because... Because he suffered. And was rejected. And rejected. Which was God's plan from eternity. Right. Uh, and I think... Right, it says, you know, yeah, if he's he's not the he's not the Christ if he's not that and in I, f- fact that was Satan's temptation, the last one, you know. I'll give you all these things. Right. <laughs> I'll give you all these things, yeah, if you bow down to me, if yeah, if essentially if you don't Satan made it his top priority to keep Jesus from going to the cross and to keep Jesus from doing what God the Father had sent him here to do. And when you think about the fact that that it's not he's not the Christ if he doesn't go through all these things, if he doesn't go through suffering, if he doesn't go through rejection, and it's not just I think sometimes one of the things that gets overlooked um, is especially by by us. I think we don't we don't. It's not that we don't think it's important, but it, it just doesn't always get talked about. But Christ not only was rejected by the people that he came to save but when he was on the cross what does he what does he say when he calls out to the father he says why have you forsaken me so he he endured the rejection of the father as well and he's not the christ if he doesn't go through that because he's i mean it 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 speaks to his his two natures and the the you know, it needed to be a flesh. It needed to be a fleshly. Is that even a word? Mm-hmm. It needed to be a a human sacrifice. Every other episode, we have a question. Yeah, that's right. That <laughs> that's right. Go ahead. He had so he had to have this. He had to die as a man, but he also had to die as God. And he had to. I mean, that's that is in our place, but also it needed to be God that died because that's the only way that they could cover the multitude of sins. That's why we say that love covers that multitude of mm-hmm. sins. Yeah, I don't know who said it, but somebody smart said um, he was rejected by the Father, so we ne- we never will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've said that before. Well, he's smi- channeling. He's smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he says here the church does not want to be that kind of church, and um, channeling back to to uh, earlier episodes. Um, the church, the earthly church, the organized church, um, even the Lutheran church, is much more comfortable in the realm of cheap grace than costly grace. Um, cheap grace is easier. It's, it's a heck of a lot easier. easier. Yeah, it's like pass-fail and you already know that you passed. So right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I don't even go to class. So here's some strong words. He says, if Christ is Christ only in virtue of his suffering um, and his rejection, so the disciple is a disciple only in so much as he shares the Lord's suffering, rejection, and crucifixion. Now, in the back of my mind, that immediately recalls Jesus says, it's finished, and we want to think that it's finished. And yet in the epistles we hear echoes of, of sharing in the suffering of Christ or suffer like a good soldier of Christ, Paul writes. Uh, 
Um, so if you opt out, and I'm trying to think of a sports analogy, <laughs> you know, you can be on the team but never play because you don't want to play. You wouldn't be on most teams long. Right. Well, in COVID world, you'd be on right, it. Yeah, or you just check out and receive yeah. a $350,000 stimulus, which reminds me, I want to opt out of ministry so that I can get a $350,000 stimulus Whoa, that's for, for my that. family. <laughs> no, your mother would never forget. Probably not. So if discipleship, he writes, means adherence to, we talked about that last week, adherence, and to the person of Christ and therefore submission to the law of Christ. We've heard of the law of Christ. Bonhoeffer says, well, the law of Christ is the law of the cross. If any man would, that's the conditional part, but what's the, what's the must part? If any man would follow me, he must take up his cross daily. daily. In yep. Yeah. And so to not be bearing your cross is that's not Bonhoeffer, it's me. To not be bearing your cross is to be not following Christ. Mm. Are you following a religion of your own making that you're more comfortable with um, and less, much less painful for you? So a little aside, um, we were trying to behave on time today, but <laughs> we said that churches are more comfortable in the world of cheap grace. They're also more comfortable when um, they can gain the acceptance of society and the world, despite Jesus saying that's just the opposite of what you should expect. What happens when, here's the question for you, you don't know is coming, what happens when the church, you should have seen his face there, uh, opts for the cheap grace and opts for the approval of society and tries to keep in step with the ever-changing societal values, where does the ch church end up? It ends up in a mess of trouble, in my in my opinion. Um, I, I saw, I was scrolling through my social media feed the other day, and I, there were two things that stuck out to me. Um, I saw one, and actually might have been the same person, um, that posted it just at different times. One of them said that biblical Christianity is not popular. And popular Christianity is not biblical. Yeah. Um, so that was the first one. But then the other thing that I was talking about when you're talking about the churches that, you know, and Christians that are trying to take, you know, I don't want to say take the easy route, but, you know, they, they conform or they accept societal things simply because the cheap grace is easier because they know, well, we can be forgiven for it. Um, a friend of mine posted are already forgiven for it right I'm, al I'm already yeah I'm already forgiven for these things but a friend of mine posted and it was in it was in regarding it was regarding election and it had something to do with the fact if you are a Christian that is voting differently or voting differently than God's word it doesn't necessarily than what God's word says it doesn't ne necessarily mean that you're not a Christian but it does mean that you've been taught improperly and, and that goes back to church leadership and what what are you being are you being told that that certain hot button uh hot, certain hot button issues in society that those are okay are you saying that abortion is okay are you saying that gay marriage is okay are you saying that that all of these other things that that you can do that you know because God wants you to you to be happy God wants you to have your choices if if you are a christian you are subscribing to to that ideology um it doesn't necessarily mean that you are not a Christian, but it does mean that that you have been taught God's word improperly. So, wow, that was a long long answer, but sorry, you got to it because what, what I was headed for is to 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 make society love you and uh, the culture accept you. You have to walk away from God's word. We and and the, uh, sorry, <laughs> and we we crave. As Americans in 2020, we crave society's approval, and we get that's where and that is where we get in trouble because God's word calls you. Jesus calls you out of this world. He calls you out of these things that we are saying. Well, you know, I I subscribe to these things. I, I like to be a part of this about of this group. I like to do this. I like to, do, you know, I want I want the world to accept me for who I am. Well. God's pulled you out of that world. God has called you to be set apart from that world. 
out of the out of the domain of darkness and into his kingdom. So there's no end to those societal uh, challenges to the word of God. What were some of those you mentioned again? Abortion, abortion, gay marriage. Um, those are probably the two hot what ones. What if society right now. declared it's okay to be an Ohio State fan? Oh, that's definitely in God's word that you shouldn't do that. That's a jo- that's a joke, people. There's nobody in Ohio listening. Uh, to probably us. not. That's one in Ireland, one in Australia. But <laughs> yeah, <not> so nobody <laughs> in Ohio, <laughs> right? Uh, God's word says that you have to be an Ohio State fan. You have to not be. I have to not be an Ohio State fan. Then I'm in good shape. Yeah. So the church is called to suffer and um, to be rejected, just like its savior. Um, so we have a little bit of, the, of that going on in California. We're the Grace Community Church, John MacArthur, not a Lutheran. That I was hoping. I was hoping you were going to talk about this. Yeah is in open defiance of the state government's um, COVID policies and having his church meet uh, safely and with all the precautions, but he's not uh, accepting the limitations, the seating limitations and all that other stuff. Like, I don't know what the California rules are, but in Michigan it would be like one-third of your capacity. Um, And some of our churches are having like seven services. Uh Uh-huh. But he's saying, no, no more. God's word trumps the state's rules. And, you know, he's going to get in trouble. He is in trouble. Well, we were just talking on the way down here today, you know, that he's he's being threatened to be arrested. Mm -hmm. That... He's 81. Yeah, that, friends... death sentence. Right. That, friends, all you out there in listener land who uh, think that you're bearing a Christian cross. This is an example of a Christian cross that you are being essentially you are threatened to be arrested because you are adhering to God's word, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what's happening. And and, we, and again, we don't want to minimize other things that you're mm-hmm. going through and any other sufferings that you're going through. But when when Bonhoeffer and when Jesus is speaking of this cross, this is what he's talking about: that when the world comes knocking and is demanding for you to do something else, and you say, "Nope, I adhere to God's word." And uh, to quote Luther, here I stand, I can do no other, so help me. That's, that's where you are, t- that's the cross, that's the suffering that you are taking up, and that's the suffering that you are enduring, and that's the suffering that unites you with Christ. Well, I would hope, by the way, that if they come for him, they come for him during a service and find two to 5,000 people sitting in a big, humongous mob around him saying, try to get to him. Right, or take us with him. <laughs> yeah, but... They'll come in the people, night because that's are, what they do. Yeah, and also people are fickle. So, I mean, you look at the disciples that ran when <laughs> when Jesus was crucified. Yeah. So, Bonhoeffer says the first suffering that uh, and rejection um, that every one of us must face is the call to abandon our attachments to the world, our uh, our priorities over Christ's priority. And we maybe two episodes ago we talked about the rich young ruler. And Jesus laid it square on him. He had to abandon his dependence and identification of worth in his worth, and he couldn't do it. Um, But to follow Christ means I can't follow me. And the first thing that has to go is this self, and it's a lifelong battle, self-centeredness, self-narcissism. I guess that's kind of redundant, self and narcissism. (laughs) Uh, that is so typical of us. Um, and we just talked about it. I'd rather be loved on Twitter than loved by Christ. Well, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> That's incredibly stupid when you say it like that. Well, yeah, when you say it like that, so, it, does, yeah. it doesn't sound like when you're actually, <laughs> when you phrase it like that, of course it does. Yeah, so, this is not a Lutheran expression, but sometimes you hear it in other churches, and that doesn't mean it's wrong, um, because we don't say it, but. It's the whole concept of dying to self. Mm. And to follow Christ is a path where we learn to, uh, it's not a switch that we throw, we learn to die to self. So what does die to self mean to you, Tyler? Yeah, when I think, when I think dying to self, I immediately think, I mean, what are, what are the things that I, that I value most in my life? Outside of, outside of my family, outside of 
uh, my wife, outside of my future children, outside of you know my, my faith family here at Family of God, what are the things that I value most in my life? Well, I love golf. I love Michigan football. I love hockey. I I love you know sitting down and playing a video game from time to time. I love you know walking around outside, exploring new things. Um, you know, Beer. I lo- yeah I love new breweries. Um, recently, I've I've become uh, really into tasting different whiskeys and bourbons. Um, you know what are you know I, I think we of just, what are the we just lost ten percent of our audience and <laughs> probably gained twenty percent. Yeah, there's okay. yeah, and uh, if any if any whiskey or beer companies want to sponsor us, uh, we can do that too. Love cigars or yeah, having a cigar every now and again too. Love love that for sure. Um, but when I think of yeah, dying to self, when those things that I just mentioned, you know, the things that in my life that I that I cherish that I hold, I mean, bike riding too. When those things take, you know. Dying to self means okay. Those things are not my priority. You know, my calling as a Christian, and we talk about this vocation. My calling as a Christian, my adherence to Christ, takes precedence over bike riding. Takes precedence over trying whiskey. Takes precedence over um, going to a Michigan football game. These are the things. These are the things that that I essentially put to death. That I bury. I'm going to give you a sound My effect. <laughs> Good. Well, now people know that we have an empty bottle in here. It's not empty, but it will be. <laughs> Jeez. Um, those are the things. when you put it, You're putting to death that those things are uh, your priorities. And Jesus is your priority. So when you put yourself to death, you are putting, it's not as, I think Bonhoeffer Stephen says, he goes, it's not, it's not suicide. But you are now adhering yourself to Jesus, and you are saying that these things are not important. These are these are the, my this is my old self, and the new self that I live is now in Christ. And what has Christ called me to be? He has called me personally. He's called me to be a faithful pastor. He's called me to be a faithful husband. He's called me to be a faithful father. Soon, um, he's called me to to be a to be faithful to in in those instances to him and to him alone. So how do you know when it's too far, when loving golf has crossed over or smoking cigars has crossed over? I think, I think we know in our hearts. Yeah, we know when, yeah, it's, when you know, you know, right? We hear that all the time. Um, yeah, and I mean, we, we, t- we, we touched on this recently when, you know, if you've got a, if someone's giving you an opportunity to serve, to serve God on a Wednesday night, but Wednesday night is your bridge night, Maybe you're putting to death that bridge night because now you have the opportunity to serve Jesus in that in that way. But um, I have to save this small part of me for me. I can just see this running through someone's mind. I'll give you everything you want, God, but that five percent. I mine. I need this, right? Well, I actually, it usually goes the other way. That five percent is yours, and this right, right. Is mine. Well, and and that's and that gets tough too because uh you know we certainly we we know this being in a in a ministry that that demands a lot of us spiritually physically and emotionally and you know to say yeah god we'll give you everything but we also need to have that time to to rest we need to have that time to to do that like that's those those are good things um but it's so we talk about you know walking that that fine line so like for me bike riding's always been an escape but when i bike ride I tend to listen to my devotions. You know, that's that's where I'm being. Where, you know, I'm. I'm we made this joke the other day. Um, you know, worshiping in nature, right? Those, that's you know, when I'm on a, when I'm on my bike, I'm listening to, you know, a different Bible study that's that's going on. So, you know, it's just really it's been a, it's a really fine line of okay, when when is yeah when is too when is when are you going too far with the things that are worldly. With the things that are, you know, good for you, that the, you know, it's. I I don't think that's kind of where you're going with that. Um, so we're having a mural painted outside. Hope yes, you can we, come see it. Yes, we are. There's a humble brag for everybody. Also, if you want to donate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Southwest Detroit is big on murals. Yeah, there's murals. There's murals everywhere on the grocery stores, on the apartment buildings. Why not on the church? Yeah, and, and hopefully, if this is half as beautiful as the mock-up, 
uh, it'll be a sight to see. But um, after we saw it drawn up, it, it was very clear that the original caption that I had thought of needed to take a take a back seat to this. That is, I am crucified with Christ. How's the rest of that verse go? It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in is this body, right? Is not mine. Living for the sake of Christ. Yeah. And that's what the call to discipleship here is. Because of Christ's sacrifice, his costly grace given to us, our acceptance of that is costly for us because now we have to say, yeah, I'm crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. And everything, I haven't mentioned your marriage in a while, everything changed at the moment you said, I do. And I saw your right. fingers crossed, by the way. <laughs> Don't tell Brandy. <laughs> uh, but we could s you could see it was going to change, and you were looking forward to it's going to change. Uh, but it's already changed in ways you didn't realize, right? Correct. Don't don't elaborate. Yeah, I'm not going to elaborate. <laughs> you fill so in the blanks. So what is this Christ cross suffering stuff that Bonhoeffer is talking about? And it's talking about really Galatians chapter six, verse two: bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Um, what does that mean? Bur bear their burdens. Um, it means forgiving the unforgivable. That's something we haven't said on this podcast, mm -hmm. but we say a lot here. Uh, what else does it mean? Loving the unlovable. Loving the unlovable. Serving. The ungrateful. People, all of which Jesus has done for us. And when he puts Christians or potential Christians in our path who need the... Well, he just frankly, they need us to be Christ for them. It's not easy to be Christ for them. Um, we suffer. We suffer when we forgive what we don't want to forgive. Um, we suffer when we walk through the consequences of their sin with whoever it is that mm -hmm. uh, we're walking with. Um, and. He's not talking about, you know, pat them on the head and say, God loves you, this is the cheap grace. God loves you, it will be okay. Because that's hollow, and the person knows it's hollow, and uh, they're in desperate need of someone to walk with them through uh, whatever is facing them. I heard, I heard one time uh, I was on a mission trip, and one of the people that was leading it I'll never forget this. He said that when you're with people that don't know Jesus, when you're with people that have no real concept of God or a very vague concept of God, you know, we like to think, well, you know, if we just tell people that God loves them, you know, like that's that's doing our job as Christians. And his response was, you know, if if I'm somebody, you know, if I'm if I'm a, a you know a person that doesn't know Jesus, and you come up to me and you say, hey, just wanted to tell you that God loves you, and you have no concept of God. You're going to look at them and you're going to say, okay, you know, my mom loves me. My dad loves me. You know, I've got people on the streets that are, you know, they, they love me too. You know, that's, you know, so what? It's another person that loves me. Great. Um, what's the difference? And, you know, so it's, yeah, walking with another person. That's that's where you show what does that mean when you say that God loves you, when you say that Jesus loves you, when you show what that means and you show what that looks like. And we get to see that with our volunteers here all the time, and that's one of the things I think that we're really grateful for. They're not just coming down here and giving people a pat on the back and saying God loves you. I mean, they're actually sitting down. They're getting to know people's stories. They're, you know, they're, they're taking text messages and sometimes phone calls from people that they've connected with and bonded with and walking with them in their journey, and they're knowing their journeys, and they're feeling their pain, they're feeling their struggles, and they're rejoicing with them too. A lot of times I would say, um, and we'll come to the fruits of the Spirit, we might need to wrap up there, but when it says in Scripture to confess your sins to one another and someone confesses their sin to you or you confess their, your sin to them, 
Um, what does it take to confess your sin to somebody, uh, especially if it's something really, really, really despicable? <laughs> so I remember maybe 10 years ago in the storefront church, working with a guy he's long since departed um, and uh, my grandson maybe at that point he was six was he every every Sunday he was down there with me and this guy came in the kitchen and decided that he wanted to confess that two things that he'd been in prison for child molesting and he was still The desires were still raging within him, and the question was, can Christ forgive me? And there was this moment, I'm looking over my shoulder, and I'm human, asked Tyler. <laughs> I'm looking over my shoulder, and there's my six-year-old grandson, and my first thought, that I didn't say it out loud, my first thought was, you are never going to be in a room alone <laughs> with my grandson. Um, but then I had to swallow myself and tell him th about the love of Christ and uh, and not give him a cheap grace answer, but an answer which says, and you need to struggle against this. Um, you can't just surrender to this sin and say, well, this is how I am. God made me. How many times have we heard of yeah, that? God made and me an alcoholic. God made me a drug addict. God, you know, so I'm just going to give in to that. And I'm already forgiven, so... Party on, dude, right? Right. Uh, no, I had to tell him what God's word said, even in my heart, while I'm saying, you know, I call it a danger Will Robinson moment from uh, Lost in Space, black and white. When the robot comes up, that's always waving his arms, sailing. <laughs> danger, danger Will danger. Robinson, they know the alien's coming next or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not a, um, sometimes, confessing your sins and uh, being the agent of Christ's forgiveness is not a theoretical or passive or I can separate myself from myself and do this. Uh, sometimes you have to get dirty right. and muddy and uh, part of our work here, I hope you're going to take the ball from here, is to build relationships where people can be honest to us about who they are, and they usually do that after long after we know from everybody else right. who they are. Right. Uh, but that's part of our cross bearing is we have to bear cheerfully, joyfully. What's it? What's <laughs> the fruits of spirit again? Love, Love joy, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, uh, self control. Am I missing one? That's good enough. Um, yeah, and that here in this setting, and if you're listening and you've been down to the family of God, you know that exhibiting those fruits can sometimes be very, very, very difficult. Um, and I mean, how many times have you know have you and I had you know sidebar conversations about you know just how 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 difficult it is to to bear the burdens of our brothers and sisters here and sometimes they get quite heavy and when they do it again and again and when they do it again and again and again and again and you get to the point where you you feel like you are fighting their battles with them and i think that's that's where that's where that's where christ wants us to be um where we are we are battling with people because that's what that's what jesus did he didn't just he didn't just look, you know, look out and pat us on the head and just say, "Okay, you're forgiven." He got down into the muck with us. He got down into our sin and bore all of our sin and bore all of our struggles and our guilt and our shame, and he put that to death. So the fruits of the spirit, and you can run through them in your own minds, please. But every one of them, uh, I guess, I want to say, faithfulness. That was the other one. Yeah, but you're every one of them. <laughs> Every one of them uh, is to be exercised in the face of provocation. Uh, so how, when you're called to be patient, that means what? Somebody is... Being impatient. Doing or things annoying that would cause you, you yeah. to be impatient, right? <laughs> yeah. Anybody can be joyful in a joyful situation, but we're called to exhibit joy when... Things around you are grim. Yeah, when things are not uh, pleasant. And so 
dealing with each other as Christians is where uh, the cross-bearing uh, really comes in, where we are called to be Christ to one another. And that's, you know, in certain settings, like as long as I don't know any really anything about you, and as long as uh, you don't really know it, the bad things about me, we can pretend pretty good at that. But uh, when you get serious, that's life together. Again, when he's talking about uh, life in the uh, uh, illegal seminary in Finkenwald with his with his students, the honesty and confessing their sins and uh, openness of uh, their lives to each other calls for an exercise of patience and accepting of a role of suffering. And if it's, none of us are perfect, but if it's working well, you, you develop an environment where when I am weak, you can be strong for me. And when you're weak, I can be strong for you. And so a, a relationship of being Christ to one another kind of like a wave effect and gets stronger and stronger as it, as it uh, is exercised. So what does it mean? I think maybe we should wrap up with this sentence and probably pick up the rest later because we'll go forever. Um, Bonhoeffer says, the call to follow Christ always means, always means a call to share the work of forgiving men their sins. Hmm. And not a cheap grace forgiveness but a costly grace forgiveness so just in a wider context uh, and I'll let Tyler wrap this up the ministry that we've been given calls for us to hang out with people who uh, normal people uh, wouldn't want to, to, to be in a relationship with wouldn't uh, want them to know where you live yeah. wouldn't uh, yeah these are the people that most most folks, I think, would just pass by and either say something to the person that they're with, saying, did you see that person? Or um, I might roll down my window and hand you a quarter, but I don't... Uh, right, but I don't actually want to... Don't actually wanna, yeah, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to get to know your story. I don't know. I don't want to know why you're there in the first place. Um, and, yeah, so the it's a cast of outcasts, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sometimes I call call it we're almost in a leper colony. Oh yeah, like Saint Damien. Yeah, and who, by the way, they've decided is evil. Oh great! Of course they did. Um, so uh, how dare he? How dare he share the gospel with well, people? Well, you know, he was a Belgian, and he went amongst these native Hawaiians, and da, oh, da, 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 da. okay. And, and we digress. Yeah. Uh, so I guess one of the frustrations, if I can set Tyler off here, is when you hear other people say to us often ministers uh, I couldn't do what you do (laughs) dang it's not like we have a special call from Christ and we and we have a call to this place but we're all called to bear each other's burdens it doesn't say Galatians chapter 6 and 2 Tyler bear Pastor Jim's burdens it says to all of us bear all of us bear everyone's burdens. One another, right? And yeah, when when we hear when we hear other pastors, and we know we know the intention, and we know the intention is to is to give praise to the to the ministry that's happening us. here and encourage us. And it's not what um, we hear, though. I guess that's what right? And I yeah, and I wrote a blog one time that was that essentially talked about you know when when I hear somebody say I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing, you know. They think that we're hearing, you know, a, a you know a praise or an encouragement, and what we actually hear is, "I'm glad that you're doing that because now I don't have to." Um, I can send you a check. Yeah, and please do. And pl- <laughs> yeah, and 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 again, and and if that's if that's the way that that you can serve, we we welcome that. And if you're if you're you know, I know plenty of people that that write checks to all kinds of different ministries. Um, but let's be frank, lepers walk into every one of our churches. Right. They Le- might be dressed well, smell b- yep. all right. Drive a Lexus. Yeah. Well, you never you never know what kind of brokenness that you're dealing with until you start to get to know your people. And I always tell our, our people this, or our congregations that support us, I tell them this, I say, you know, when you get to know our people, 
here at Family of God. When you get to know the, our drug addicts, you get to know our alcoholics, you get to know our our people who are living in poverty, our people who are making stupid decision after stupid decision after stupid decision, you're going to find that they're not that much different than your congregation. They're really not. At the end of the day, they're really not. And they're better camouflaged. Yes. Yeah, in the suburbs, I think we are, and I mean, I hide my tend to hide my brokenness very, very well. And, um... You know, and I'm I'm no I'm no more or less broken than anybody else that walks through the doors here, and you know, and to bear to broken bear differently, yeah, broken yeah. differently, yeah, for sure, and you know, so when, when we're called to bear those burdens, and you know, people say, well, I couldn't do what you do. It's like, yeah, but you do this every day. You should do this every day. It doesn't matter who it is. You're bearing one another's burdens is a call of Christ. So what if I say I can't do what I am doing? I mean, apart from Christ, I can't imagine how I could be doing <laughs> what we're doing uh, it's it's unnatural as far as my own persona my own uh, thoughts and feelings but uh, if I have actually died to self in order to follow Christ then I have to go where he where he's going mm-hmm. that's what that's what adherence is you go where he goes um much more comfortable when he goes where I go, but sure, of course it is, and he does go where you go. Um, but he's not following you; we're following him. So looks like we are we are pressed for time, and I think uh, we didn't actually get to the quotation that I think we were eager to get to today. So we're going to talk about that next week. Let's continue this discussion. Um, there's still a lot to be talked about here um, as we as we continue this discussion of bearing one another's burdens. Uh, we talk about Bonhoeffer's quotation that says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die, because I know that both of us can have some stories about that. Um, so thank you. If you are still listening, thank you for sticking with us. We really appreciate it. Tell your friends. Um, and thank you again for listening to Jesus, Dietrich, and me, Pastor Tyler and Pastor Hill. We are signing off. We will talk to you all very, very soon. Thank you again for listening to Jesus, Dietrich, and me. We just wanted to give a quick shout out to all of the churches that support us and all the churches that make this happen on a regular basis. Uh, We're supported by so many congregations in the southeastern Michigan area and in the mid-Michigan area. We're grateful for each and every one of you. Continue to support the podcast. Continue to support Family of God. We covet your prayers, uh, and we just are grateful for each and every one of you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.